Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually with podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff. You can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com or the Access More app. I try and offer my help and my support by offering my time and helping them. And at first, sometimes they say, no, no, I've got it. I can, I can do it. And I just say to them, you know, if you let me help you, you're actually giving me a gift. I think that's so important that if we don't let others help us, we're actually being selfish because it feels good to help other people. Fitness and wellness expert, naturopath, and adventure enthusiast, Wendy Peck. And my husband, Todd Isburner. He's a fundraising guru, men's mentor, and Bible scholar. And as a couple, we're going to share riveting breakthrough stories from our guests who've experienced the meaning of a changed life. Our hope is that you will be inspired, equipped, and entertained along your own life journey. So lean in, listen well. This could be your biggest breakthrough. there and welcome to another episode of Your Biggest Breakthrough. I'm Wendy Pett. Yes, and I'm Todd Isburner. And we're glad you're here. We sure are. Thanks for taking the time. I think you are going to say this was time really well spent Mm -hmm, today. mm -hmm. Yeah, I have, you know, here's here's something that we're going to just like dive right into. This is the uh, intro of this whole thing. (laughs) Are you going to set this up? Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm trying to say. All right, good. So here's the setup. Here's the setup. Ready? Have you ever been told one thing, Todd? And it turns out that the actual truth was completely different than what you were told. Oh, my goodness. Are you kidding? Probably lots of times. Yeah, I mean, just yeah. hello, politics in general. <laughs> That's a whole nother episode. But here's, here's something else that comes to mind. You know, when, when, when we first met, um, uh-huh. y- y- I mean, you are a striking blonde and your blonde hair Thanks. is just so, uh, yeah, so attractive. Thank and you. I think you even showed me pictures of when you were a child with this, all this blonde hair. And yeah, I just it's almost figured, white. I figured yeah. like you, you are the real deal, adult, authentic blonde. I Until am. I started to notice some other things, <laughs> it's a, a different color beginning to emerge. Okay. And I realized, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, you wait a minute. It's not Why all are you saying fully, this? totally blunt. Well, I think you, you help it out a little bit. But anyhow, <laughs> I do help it out. It's probably a bad illustration. It but really is. Well, I am blonde. Didn't it's just turn out a little to be like I thought. Dirty dishwater blonde now, thanks to uh, maturity. <laughs> hey, maybe I should talk about the color of your hair. <laughs> I don't think so. It's showing through pretty good. Anyway, yeah. So can you imagine actually, those are those are little silly things, but can you imagine being told that you have a disease that you never had? And I'm not talking like you had this disease for just a short while. No, I'm talking you've been told this for over 30 years, Mm -hmm. a debilitating Mm -hmm. disease. Can you imagine that? I no, I really I can't uh, even fathom that because you know I get I get nervous when I go to doctors anyhow, because they because you realize they're doing their best. Absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes they're going to not get it completely right. 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 Well, we have a mind blowing story, um, but it's got a lot of lessons built in. And so Jean Abbott is our guest today, and she was misdiagnosed as a young child with spastic Diplegia is a form of cerebral palsy, and after 33 years of countless doctor's visits, medical procedures, unnecessary medications, and surgeries, 
She was correctly diagnosed finally with DOPA responsive dystonia, DRD, and given a new life. Jean is the author of Misdiagnosed, My 30-Year Struggle with a Debilitating Disorder I Never Had. You know, she's also appeared on the Today Show, mm-hmm. uh, Good Housekeeping, and the UK's Daily Mail to share her story. And since then, an overwhelming number of people from around the world have uh, contacted Jean to tell her how inspired they've been by her journey from wheels to heels. Yeah, you can hear that. more about that. And as a mother of three children, Jean enjoys all the adventures of her new life, but wouldn't change the journey that brought her to where she is today. And that kind of, wow, that blows me away. So she's got this positive attitude. She's highly contagious and she's encouraging others to appreciate the little things in life. That's right. That's right. So welcome Jean Abbott to your biggest breakthrough. How are you, sister? Good. It's so good to be here. Thank you. You're so welcome. We're just glad that you took the time and you have such an incredible story and we want to hear this entire story. I know mm-hmm. it's we're going to you're going to just kind of unfold it for us, but um, from how you went from a wheelchair, a scooter to normal physical activity. I think but what af- what I think about is after 33 years of suffering, needlessly to say the least of a misdiagnosis, um you say all the time, because I know you were friends, but you say you would not have changed this journey and you would go through it all over again. Mm. What? Yeah. Why? <laughs> wow. What are you talking about? I know. Unpack Maybe that. I'm crazy, right? No, I'm not. <laughs> no. <laughs> you are. It's a good crazy. You know, from when I was a really little kid dealing with all my physical limitations, uh, right from the beginning, I just felt like it was part of God's plan. I thought it was to show the world that one mm. could be positive despite their physical limitations. So I had accepted what was um, from a young age. And, you know, I went 30 years with limited mobility. And by the time I was 33 and received that correct diagnosis and, you know, everything changed overnight and I started blogging and writing my book. And then, as you know, my story went viral and I was scared to death to share it. Like, I mean, to go on national television, I mean, I'm not a public person. And so, you know, to put myself out there, I thought, okay, if it helps one person, then it will make everything I went through worth it. Uh, and I've been really fortunate. I mean, there mm. have been over 25 people to get a correct diagnosis from hearing my story. That number keeps that growing. Right, and um, that good. is an amazing gift. Like I feel so blessed. I mean, it's almost like, you know, God mm. set me up to help other people. I mean, I had a lot of challenges. I still have challenges. Like my life is not perfect as no one's life is, but those challenges are always, I think, preparing us for something much bigger and something that we don't ever expect. Your attitude Mm -hmm. is just, is, is strikingly different from most people because the tendency would be to, to look back and you kind of have these regrets and this anger Mm -hmm. and and all that. And it just seems like you've taken the focus off of you. You've put it on God and how he can use you to be a help of others. So where did this, where did this faith journey begin for you? You said as a child, uh, you started to trust God on this. And how did that all start? Oh, I grew up in a home where faith was a really big part of our everyday life. You know, I can remember being a really little kid and my mom saying, you know, just pray to God that one day he'll heal you, that one day you'll get mm. better. You know, I did that for a very long time. And then I guess I kind of got to a point of just acceptance. Like this is, this is, this is what it is. I can't change it. So I just got to stop you there because you, you, you ex- accepted this debilitating condition. Mm. You didn't give up on God, which is what 
you know, a lot of people would, would think, well, you know, you know, so where is God? He didn't answer your prayer, but you just hung in there. You continue to trust God, even though your prayer wasn't answered the way in which you wanted it answered. Yeah. And I mean, I think like any human, I mean, there has, there's been a couple of times where you kind of like, you're having like a really hard day and it's like, okay, if this is really how it is, how can there truly be a God out there? But that's when yeah. I stop and I think about what do I have in my life? What blessings do I have? And when I stop and think about the positives in my life, I'm really fortunate. I'm really blessed. Like when I'm really going through stressful times, that's when I'll stop myself and I'll say, okay, you are not allowed to think of this negative thing going on in your life. And you need to stop and jot down or think about 10 positive things that are going right. Mm. And Mm -hmm. that's when you really realize like, wow, I am one lucky lady. You're you're just amazing, Gene. Well, that's our listener's (laughs) assignment right now. You're going through something bad. Take a moment. List out 10 things. Come on. Yeah, I'm going to do it right now. It's so practical. No, it's so good. So I want to know, let's kind of go back a little bit more. Like when you were young Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, your, your family was kind of, I guess, embracing this belief that this is what was going on with you health-wise. How did this um, play out in your family? Um, and do you have siblings? How did, how did all this play out with this um, diagnosis that was misdiagnosed? Sure. Well, I think one of the things that probably helped is really the only time we talked about my disability was at the doctor's appointments. Uh, you know, I learned at a very young age that, yes, I was going to have challenges, but this disability wasn't going to define me. I could still go wow. and live a normal life. I just might have to do things a little bit differently. And I do have two older brothers. And I say they are the reason I am probably as strong as I am because there was no mercy in my household. I mean, like there was, you know, the regular fighting, bickering, you know, I kind of joke, I'm surprised we're all still alive to tell the tale, you know? So I, nobody ever babied me. And I think that helped me immensely in preparing for the real life of adulthood too, you know? Jean, I think that right there speaks volumes uh, to someone that might be listening that's that's dealing with something that may not even be a misdiagnosis health-wise, but it's just a little a little limiting belief, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the power of, of, of falling prey to the lie, so to speak, or just falling in prey to always focusing on that debilitating uh, issue will keep you in that victim state. And you were raised to be a victor. Uh, your, your parents were like, you know what, we're not going to, you know, keep talking on this. We're going to just, you know, face it head on and and just encourage her to live a life that is, um, that is stronger and that she can do all things. And so how would you encourage someone right now that's listening that might be having a limiting belief in their own life? What would you tell them to do besides making this top 10 list of gratitudes? What would you, cause that's a, that's a great place to start. What mm-hmm. would you tell them um, to turn that ship around and to live how God really intended? Yeah. Cause I even find, I mean, I've always had a really close relationship with God, but as I go through different types of struggles and different types of challenges, it's almost then like, I almost need to change my prayer focus. I need to change how I'm going about being closer to God. So I really like different devotionals. Um, I mean, for the longest time I, you know, would read Jesus calling every single day. And and then Mm -hmm. I get to a point where it's like, well, now it's like, I've done that a lot. And that's like, that's not cutting it for me anymore. So I need to change a little bit. So right now I'm actually doing the daily readings from um, Crushing by 
TD Jakes, which this oh, has yeah. been super helpful or encouraging. Um, the praying of a strong woman is a book I've been using. Mm. So sometimes I just find I like, I need to shake it up a little bit to, to mm-hmm. make sure I'm not just going through the motions of like checking the box of, okay, I've said my prayers today and I've had that moment with God, but so I'm really being intentional with that time. I have a feeling some listeners are sitting like on the edge of their seats in suspense wondering, so like exactly what happened? What did you go through? <laughs> what was your story? What was this miraculous healing? Or, or And what did or, you experience? Yeah. So let's go back to when that first started for you. What were the symptoms? What were the misdiagnosis? How did you handle it? How many years? Just give us the whole story. Okay. Well, in the nutshell, right? Because it's a long one. Not necessarily. <laughs> no, it's you can okay. break it no, down. no, no. It's a fascinating story. It is. It is. I, I saw the interview on the on the Today Show and just wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So tell the story. Yeah. So you know, I was probably diagnosed around age four or five with spastic diplegia, which now falls under the umbrella of cerebral palsy. And so, you know, I really did have limited mobility, limited use of my arms and my legs. Uh, surprisingly, I always did very well in the morning. And I would get worse as the day would go on. Sleep was a huge factor in my symptoms. If I didn't sleep well, Mm. I couldn't walk well. Or if I was under a lot of stress, it would really affect my mobility. As I was starting to get a little bit older, my symptoms started getting worse, which is not normal for spastic diplegia. And then after I had my first two children... Clearly, I wasn't sleeping well then after that because, you know, right after we have kids, like sleep is out the window. So my symptoms were getting even worse. I, can I just yeah. stop you for a minute? Because yes. I don't want us to she rush. got married. I, well, well, right. Because this says something about your husband, too, because you had to acknowledge certain limitations that you had physically with your mobility and whatnot. And yet that didn't stop the love of your husband from wanting to marry and have a family. Yeah. So, and you know, cause that was something I never thought I would marry or have children. I just mm. thought, is anyone ever going to be able to see past all of the physical limitations that I, that I have? And, you know, again, mm. it was, you know, so I thought, Oh, I'll never have children. And instead of focusing on that, I just turned it to, I'm going to be the best aunt ever, you know, like I, like, that'll be okay. Like I'm going to have my nieces and nephews over and fill them up on Coke and candy and watch movies all night and send them home. I was going to be like a young grandma, you know, like just, you're just like you're, you were, you were so conditioned to doing the workaround. That's what I love yeah. about you. Like you just weren't, weren't the workaround, give, girl. Yes, you were yes. doing the workaround. I yeah. love it. I love yeah. it. <laughs> okay. So you're married, you're, you're, you've got kids, you're, you're going through life and you are actually in uh, a wheelchair and even a scooter at one mm-hmm. point, right? Yep. I was using a mobility scooter. Mm-hmm. After I had my second daughter, Sharon, because I was getting worse because I wasn't sleeping as well, I had uh, another procedure done. You know, I've had lots of procedures and surgeries, but uh, I had an interthecal baclofen pump implanted, which is similar to an insulin pump that diabetics use, except it was giving me muscle relaxers. But in that process, that physician kept increasing the dosage a lot until I was to the point where I had no spasticity, no rigidity. Like I couldn't even sit up in a chair without just falling over. Like I literally lost all mobility that I had. And that was really at a time that then I started dealing with some depression and anxiety because I was going through a major loss. And the idea of putting myself in a nursing home really kind of began to haunt my dreams because my daughters were putting me to bed at night instead of the other way around. And I just thought maybe they're better off with me 
not in the home. And that was really hard. So I immediately started going to see a counselor so I could get through the depression and anxiety. And uh, she helped me immensely. And that was when I realized I needed to go see another doctor who got that back and pump under control and said, something doesn't quite seem right with your diagnosis. I'd like you to go see another doctor, a colleague of mine. And I Honestly, I was just skeptical because I had been treated, diagnosed by one of the best doctors in the country. And every other doctor I ever saw said, you are in good hands because he taught all of us. So there was no questioning, you know, this. And so I made that appointment with that new neurologist. Uh, It was on Good Friday, 11 years ago. I wasn't able to walk into that appointment or even drive myself to the appointment. So my oldest brother brought me where we met, uh, Steve there, my husband at the time, and he placed my, my, my brother placed me in that wheelchair and wheeled me into the appointment that forever changed my life. We talked about all of my symptoms that I had to deal with as a child and as a mom. And uh, Steve said, it's like someone hits a reset button when Jean gets a good night of sleep and her face lit up like a child on Christmas morning. And she's saying, I, what, I don't think this is I think you have dopa responsive dystonia. What was your first reaction and, when she said that? Were you like, like yeah, right. I've I been mean, told how, so many things. I, yeah. How did you handle that? I thought she was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And uh, she knows this. I've told mm. her that many times. I thought she was <sighs> crazy and I wasn't going to fill the prescription. Mm. Really? Wow. I'm stubborn. I'm very stubborn. <laughs> I, that is one of my faults is I'm stubborn. And yet actually it's probably a strength and that's what's yeah. carried you through so much. Probably, too. probably. Yeah. And so, but it was like, well, what do you have to lose? There's no side effects from this medication. So I kind of did it to just appease everyone, you know, like, mm-hmm. okay, fine. And so, you know, I took it when I got home from that doctor appointment, we went out to dinner that night and I was so exhausted from the appointment. I didn't know if I'd even be able to feed myself with a fork because my muscles were so tight and spastic. And so I just kind of remembered at one point a doctor had said, okay, well, if you're having a night like that, just have a beer or a glass of wine with your dinner or relax your muscles enough so you can function. And so I had a glass of wine at dinner and when it was time to leave, you know, Steve came to the chair to help basically carry me out to the car. Like he always would. And instead of him carrying me, I took his hand and I walked alongside him. And uh, I mean, I was still in skeptic. I mean, I I just thought that's some really good wine. Like, (laughs) (laughs) what's the name of that brand? I don't know. (laughs) That's hilarious. But it was, uh, you know, three days later on Easter Sunday when I was standing in a parking lot waiting for the Easter egg hunt to start. That unreal. I was standing there without holding on to anyone which was probably the first time in about a decade. And that was when I realized that my life had changed. And there was, I mean, there was a connection to God in that moment that I have never experienced in my life before. And Mm. like this amazing calmness came over me. Um, And that was really when I realized, like made the decision to that. um, I wasn't going to let anything pass me by. I wasn't going to let fear stop me. Because although this was an amazingly positive change, it was still scary as heck because Mm. everything was new to me. I mean, even just walking to the mailbox was scary because I had been not done it in so long. We were conditioned for 33 years to function a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. All that change. And and I think the beautiful Mm. way in which God wanted to pour his, his love out on you by you being 
diagnosed in a new way on Good Friday mm. and then mm. on Easter Sunday. Wow. I mean, seriously, like full oh, on man. standing there with no help. I mean, if that's not a parallel, mm. uh, it's just beautiful, beautiful. And I was 33. Oh, my goodness. Sure. No, seriously. <laughs> and you'd had the misdiagnosis for what, 30 years or 33 years? I mean, yeah, about 30 years. But I mean, I was. But th you were 33 years old. Okay, wow. that's, that's, yeah. I love it. <laughs> Go God. Go. I mean, it's like, you can't make this stuff up. And I no. when I say like, if this didn't happen to me personally, uh -huh. I, believe I wouldn't believe it because it seems uh -huh. just so crazy, you know, that miracles happen. You know, I wonder what your doctor's reaction was. And are you able to, to give us her name? I think she just deserves such a. Oh, my current doctor. Yes. yes. So yeah. um, she's Dr. Martha Nance. So yeah, she's the one doctor I can actually say her name. <laughs> yes, because she would have had, there had to be a level of confidence and courage in her yes. when she recognized what she believed this truly is and what it wasn't. And uh, man, we just, and, wow. Yeah. And the slim uh, chance of her um, having this information over and beyond yeah. all the other doctors, mm. what what a miraculous mm. connection that is. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is in the details. I can imagine the doubt in your mind and just thinking, <laughs> wow, she is, she's just not fired on all cylinders here because I've been through this for 33 years and all these, <laughs> all these doctors and all these meds and all this stuff. But yeah. for, for within three days to receive what, yeah. what, what, you know, is like a miraculous healing mm -hmm. because of the right doctor and the right medication. Mm -hmm. That must give a lot of other people a lot of hope, even though they haven't found the answer yet to their problems, correct? What would you tell them who are still praying, still struggling, still, uh, you know, under the care of certain physicians that have diagnosed something? What, there isn't a miracle cure for everybody. How do you help that person along? There's not a miracle cure for everyone. We have to trust. We have to trust that God acts. God has a plan for each and every one of us. If we hold on to the bitterness, the hatred, then we will be our own, we will be imprisoning ourselves. And, yeah. you know, that's kind of even in, you know, getting my correct diagnosis, people are saying, well, aren't you mad that you missed out on so much that it took so long? But if, if I had received that diagnosis at an earlier age, my life would have been very different, you know, and I probably would have gone to a different college. I wouldn't have met Steve, so I wouldn't have my three kids. So I think it's important to keep hope during hard mm -hmm. times, yeah. Yeah. but it's also important to reach a moment of acceptance for what we can't change and to mm -hmm. just go by it day by day. And depending on how hard the struggle is, you might have to go hour by hour. Wow, that's a good word. Jean, I'm curious how your 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 husband and your children responded in this moment, like, I mean, their mom is, is standing and at an Easter egg hunt and they've never experienced this mom before. So how did they, they respond and how old were they at the time? So my daughters were seven and five at the time. And my mom actually, she didn't know I had started taking the new medication and she was at, at church too that day. And, uh, cause it was their church and we, we went to their church that morning and my mom saw me standing and she walked up to me and she actually kind of had to look at me and she's like, and she's, I can still remember her saying, Jean, is that you? I mean, because it was so crazy. And we had everyone over for Easter dinner at my house afterwards. And I, like, I can remember my brother because we're all standing there and we're standing and eating. And I never stood and ate before. I mean, mm -hmm. I was just sitting 
And I can just see my, my brother across the kitchen and like he had tears in his eyes because his sister was standing. Like my five-year-old watched me walk to the mailbox and then slowly walk around my house. Like it was a really windy day and the recycling blew out and papers were everywhere. She saw me slowly walk around the house, picking these papers up. And when I finally came back in, she had tears in her eyes at five. I said, oh, were you scared mommy wasn't coming back in and I was taking too long? And she said, no, I'm just so happy that you can walk. Mm. Ah, That's that's so beautiful. And, you know, it's just, it was definitely, um, it's a real surreal time. Just real surreal. Go so I, you, you've mentioned a couple of times family and obviously going through this before you were given the correct diagnosis, you were leaning into God big time, but talk a little bit about the other kinds of um, support that you had around you and what that meant for you and how in turn we can be a good support system for others who are going through things. You know, you're right. I mean, I'm very fortunate because I have an amazing family. My parents are amazing. My brothers are amazing. Anytime I need something, if I pick up the phone, they'll be there. Now, I understand not everybody has that. um, But you need to find your support system, whether it's friends or Mm. church members or people from your school or your community, because I don't care how strong you are. Physically, emotionally, spiritually, there will be times that you can't go, you can't do it alone. You need someone there to help you. And I said earlier, I'm stubborn. And in my years of being physically limited on what I was able to do, I did not like accepting help. I did not like accepting help. I had to do it myself. Like that was just how I was. Did help make you feel weak accepting help? I think so. Like I just, I needed to be strong. I needed Mm. to show the world, you know, that I can do this. But now as someone that has more mobility and when I see friends going through a hard time, whether it's, you know, I had a friend that lost her husband or, you know, people going through whatever obstacles, I try and offer my help and my support by offering my time and helping them. And at first, sometimes they say, no, no, I've got it. I can, I can do it. And I just say to them, you know, if you let me help you, you're actually giving me a gift. I think that's so important that if we don't let others help us, we're actually being selfish because it feels good to help other people. Mm, That is such a good word, Jean. And God created us to be in community Mm -hmm. and for that very reason, right? So that we can help others. And when we take the focus off of ourselves and are helping mm. others, then um, those gratitudes show up and we see our life in a different way and all that. So I love that you are all about community. And, um, and, and with that, you know, there, there's so often when those people don't let you in immediately, um, they're not ready. What, what would you say for them as far, that, as far as that first step to accepting assistance would be? What would you do? Would you first tell them? What, what would you say to them? Oh, that's a hard question because yeah. I know what it's like, you know, and, and you start when you don't accept it in a way, you're almost pushing them away. Sometimes I find too that, you know, like, like we're talking about community being so important. And sometimes when you're going through a really hard time, you know, you have this expectation of, I know that these are the people that are going to be there for me, but you know what? Sometimes mm. they're not. Sometimes it's the Mm -hmm. complete strangers that are stepping in and offering help to just be as open as you possibly can to let them in 
And maybe you have to do it as baby steps, but if you say no, you're pushing them away. Yeah, that's very key. Thank you for sharing that because that mm-hmm. I'm I'm feeling that one for me too. Because <laughs> it's tough. Uh, it, it's tough for some of us to to want to accept help. Yeah, absolutely. Men, we sure. we mm-hmm. like to you know be problem solvers, but you have this incredible attitude, and um, I don't think it was just something that you were born with. Maybe you were, but what about those who really have a hard time? developing the kind of attitude that carried you through. You had this attitude of gratitude and trust and perseverance, but what about someone who just like, I don't even know where to start. My attitude is just in the toilet. Like I hate this thing and I don't know why God is allowing this. How do you begin the process of developing that different sort of attitude that you have that carries you through? Oh, I think just starting like a couple of things that I've always done every single day is uh, just starting my day on a positive note. So before my feet even touch the floor, I think of one thing that I'm looking forward to in the day and being very specific with those intentions. So like for me today, obviously being excited to be able to chat with you all and hopefully help other people. Uh, And then before I go to bed at night, I think of three gratitudes that I'm thankful for and not just being, because it's so easy to just say I'm thankful for my family, I'm thankful for my house, but just being super specific in them. You know, maybe it's that you're thankful that you had a great conversation with a friend on the phone. I don't know, just whatever the case may be, but that kind of starts getting you thinking on more positively. And again, when you're having those negative thoughts, um, thinking that things aren't going right, see what you can do to stop that negative thought to spin it into a positive. Mm-hmm. Because oftentimes these challenging situations, there is a positive that comes from it. It's just, we, we have to take the moment to find it. Oh, that's so good. Very practical. Yeah. I mean, it's but like when gotta, we do the um, self-examine at, in the evenings. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of review, the, the, day review the day, find the, the, the good the stuff good. to be grateful for. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, that really truly is the key, but, but the reality is, uh, Jean, you got to start somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just not going to some, God isn't just going to come along and drop a good attitude in your lap. Mm-hmm. You have to begin to work it through. And that's what we love about the disciplines that you've developed and the ones that all of us can develop to have a better attitude about things and to trust God, even in the stuff we don't understand and the stuff that we don't like, which I think if, if I could just say this, you, you have a real purpose and a passion. And it seems to me like your, your purpose is an outgrowth of all the suffering. If you, if I can call it that for those 33 years, mm-hmm. just talk to that one person who right now is going through and they can't quite understand how can this possibly be purposeful and helpful when I, when I'm, when I'm in such rough shape. Yeah. Well, and I mean, cause I think, you know, God puts us through troubled waters And if we really look back on past challenges, think about what was the outcome after we got through it. I mean, more often than not, there's good. There's good after it. Uh, He we have to go through these hard times in order to get to the better times. But I also think it's really important for your listeners to know that. I mean, I know I'm like Miss Positivity, but even I have my days where I struggle to be positive, and that's usually when I have to stop and take my focus be more diligent about it. Like I'll have to actually physically write down what my gratitudes are for that day. My life isn't perfect. It's just like no one else's life is perfect. And yes, I'm positive, but sometimes it takes a lot of work. Sometimes it takes Mm. more work than normal. Um, And that's when I have to turn to God more. 
I think that's such a good that's word good. because sometimes being positive takes work. <laughs> and I think most people think, oh, I'm just born with that positive disposition, but it does. Sometimes it takes work. And I think about the 25 people that you have blessed because you've shared your story mm-hmm. and have they have had the opportunity to turn their lives around. And you think of that ripple effect because yeah. you, Gene, were brave enough and courageous enough, like I want to cry. Because I think about the people that need to hear your story and yours that are listening, you that are listening, your story, because it can change the life of somebody else. So thank you mm. for being bold and courageous. I love you dearly. And you are so special to me. And um, those of you that um, want to learn more about Jean, they can go to your website, right? JeanAbbott.com. Mm-hmm. Make sure you get her book, yep. Misdiagnosed. It will bless your socks off mm-hmm. and it will help you dive in deeper to her story. But um, you offer hope. And I and I thank you for sharing this with your with our listeners. And um, yeah, you're just such a blessing. So thank you for being on. Thank you. It was yeah. a pleasure. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Jean. All right. Thanks. Take I'm care. Blessed. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Oh boy, that's a tough one and such a beautiful story, right? Yeah, I um, yeah, I just I love her tenacity. Yeah, I mean, uh, just to, to develop that attitude and to see things from a perspective that gives hope. Yeah, uh, and yeah. I think this is what this is what God wants for each one of us to absolutely focus in on those things that we can be grateful for. Even though you feel overwhelmed and sometimes drowning and the in negative. the tough circumstances okay. of life, but look look what's happened to her just because she made a choice to get a different perspective, to trust God, and to use these disciplines of expressing gratitude. Yeah, and having the faith and the um, well, and maybe not at the time, but she took another uh, opinion, someone else's advice. So sometimes we get so stuck in that one diagnosis or that one uh, person that's telling us next steps to take instead Mm -hmm. of actually just really hearing the voice of God and, and going for it. And she went for it and, you know, reluctantly, but look what happened when she did. And so if you are listening and you're in a tough place and you're feeling reluctant to even seek out a, a different a solution or answer because you're just so tired and weary. S- do it. Do it anyway. And uh, go to jeanabbott.com and, and check out her book and see if it inspires you in any way. But we thank yeah. you so much for tuning in. Yeah. I, did, I have to say one more yeah, thing right. because the, the other big part of this is as she's going through these 33 years, yeah. uh, she simply would not limit herself even though she had physical handicaps that yeah. were limiting her, yeah. but she didn't see it that way. And I, I just want to encourage you. I'm encouraged. <laughs> don't, don't, don't just believe that, you know, you're too, whatever. Too far gone. Too, yeah. yeah. So don't limit yourself. God mm. can do things way beyond your imagination. That's right. If you'll just agree with him and let it go. I love it. I love it. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time on your biggest breakthrough. Well, that's a wrap for today's show. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, we love spending time with you right here on Your Biggest Breakthrough Podcast. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode. But until then, just head on over to yourbiggestbreakthrough.com where you'll find some free resources and information and a place where you can comment and we would love to dialogue with you there. Thanks so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time. 